Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com, and check out thousands of great cars. And right now, check out not thousands, but one episode of Locked On MLB. Locked on MLB, your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Check out my lower third, everyone. You can call me Sully. We're doing this one again. We're streaming the video live. If you happen to be watching and you want to ask me something in the chat, go ahead. Type it in. I'll respond to it. It's late anyway. The games are all over. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has also been a stand-up comedian, writer, filmmaker, sometimes an actor. I've been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so. And then this is my fourth season, counted four seasons with Locked On, with, on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Sorry, I just tripped over my own words right there. Um, let's see. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Let me tell you what I'm going to do it a little bit today. Uh, I, I'm, there's some uh, listener responses that I've gotten over the last few weeks that I want to address. Uh, some are pretty positive. Some are from regular questioners on the show. And there's one that I just find kind of interesting that um, I don't know if I'm going to make a friend tonight, but uh, I want to just address some of the things that were said out loud. But hey, uh, let's just talk about one quick thing here. The, all the games are over. Uh, the Mets, who had allowed the Braves to catch him in the National League East, and the Braves won again. The A's are just not very good right now. But, hey, give the Mets a little credit because they've been losing to teams they should be beating. They had two games with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they beat them by a combination of 15-1. to 1. That's what you're supposed to do. So even in a day where the Atlanta Braves won, and keep in mind the Braves have now won seven in a row, what have I said? It's never the wrong time to win an entire week in a row. Uh, the Mets are in first place by themselves going into the 8th of September. Uh, a couple other things of interest. The Yankees, who have been stumbling and bumbling and bumbling and stumbling, just add Minnesota. They just beat up Minnesota. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they – it doesn't matter if they have Johan Santana. doesn't matter if they have Joe Maurer. doesn't matter if they have Torrey Hunter. doesn't matter who they have. They beat them. Doesn't matter if they have Nelson Cruz. Doesn't matter if they have uh, Carlos Correa. They just beat them. And in the first game of the doubleheader, the Yankees did everything but gift wrap the victory to the Twins. And the Twins said, no, 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 I insist. Here you go. Um, and in fact, there were, and, and then they played a, a nightcap uh, and which the, it was closer than the seven to one score would indicate. But in the end, it was just that. Daniel Martin, 
Uh, Daniel Martin Benavides Salazar is listening to us. How you doing, Daniel? Uh, he says the Yankees owned the Twins. I'm going to make a correction there. I'm going to put this up here on the uh, – uh, he says the Yankees owned the Twins. That's uh, what he is saying to me right here. Uh, I, I actually think you're wrong there. And let me uh, let me tell you why I think you're wrong, Daniel. Uh, the Yankees don't have – it's not past tense. You wrote in the past tense, the Yankees owned own and will continue to own the Twins. It's just surreal how they have this team's number. Regular season, postseason, doesn't matter. They got them. And it's just, it's the elixir that this team needed. This is, they've won this series. They're going to go for a four-game sweep against the team that is nominally a good team. Nominally, this is a team that's a contender. And the Yankees are 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 spanking them and giving themselves, you know, a little bit of room. Now, granted, they can't afford to stumble that badly because the Rays have beaten up the Red Sox. Oh, uh, by the way, Danielle, uh, Daniel, what's who, what is he saying here? Put it up here. Um, good evening from Monterey, Mexico. And yes, it was a typo. Guess what, buddy? It's all right. There's, uh, you know, I'm, I, guess what? We are now, we're international. Look at that. We penetrate the southern border of the United States. Daniel's in Monterey, Mexico. So thanks for listening in, Daniel. And uh, man, one of these days, Mexico is going to have a major league franchise. It's going to happen eventually. I, I don't know how to to sort out all the details. I know they played a couple of uh, games. I think it was in Monterey. I think they may have done one in Mexico City. It will happen eventually. But, uh, yeah, but it was a typo. But you know what? it's true. They owned them, but they will continue to own them. Um, I, I'm actually got to just say this. I am absolutely fascinated, as the title of this podcast probably will, you know, let on. I am fascinated by the American League Central right now. And I'll tell you why. We're starting to see... Like, look at the division races. Now, the Rays are five games back, four games back of the loss column of the Yankees. It's possible that the Rays could catch them, but it's improbable. It's improbable. We only have 20-some-odd games left, and even though the Rays are on a rampage, I, it's it's just a lot of games to make up in this shorter period, and that would be a monumental collapse, and I think – You've seen a couple of points over the last few weeks where even the Yankees have played badly. They've kind of dusted themselves off from time to time and gone on a three-game winning streak here, a five-game winning streak there to basically say they're probably going to win the division. Uh, the Astros walk-off win tonight paired with Seattle's loss. Uh, they're 11 games up. They're, so the AL, the AL West is all but clinched. The AL East is possible but improbable. Uh, the Mets and the Braves, as I mentioned earlier, half a game separate the two, but they're both making the playoffs. And I just, when you know they're both going to make the postseason, I, I can't call that a great, great playoff matchup. Uh, the the Brewers, or great playoff race, I meant to say, the Brewers are in an absolute free fall, and they have allowed what was once a super tight division race, of which they had the lead. And they're now nine and a half back and are and are and are soaking in it. And the Dodgers can basically clinch because they're they're up 19 games over the San Diego Padres. So in terms of the division races, there's not much there. And the fact that the Brewers have wet the bed as badly as they have, and the Giants haven't been able to put anything together, 
uh, there's a four-game lead that San Diego has for the final wildcard spot in the America in the National League. So, I mean, it's going to have to take a collapse to make that interesting. And with Baltimore four and a half back of Toronto and Toronto playing great baseball recently, chances are that ser- that race is you know wrapped up as well. So the American League Central is really going to be the source from where our eyeballs should be in terms of a true pennant race of teams that are fighting and scrapping for the right to go to the postseason. And with the American League Central, it looks like that they're, you know, they're not going to be, there's no consolation prize for the Guardians, Twins, or White Sox with a wild card. Remember, at this point, as I'm recording this, the Baltimore Orioles have a better winning percentage than any team in the American League Central. If the Orioles were in the Central, they'd be in first place right now. And right now, the way the playoffs are constituted, the Orioles would be not one of the wildcard teams. They'd be on the outside looking in. And yet, they're a better team than any Central club. Is that fair? No. And I think you should have, I, I, I say, get rid of the divisions and just have the best teams make the postseason. If they're all in the East or they're all in the West or all in the Central, then so be it. The Orioles are better right now than Cleveland, Minnesota, or Chicago. But there you go. That's the way we're, we're enslaved to geographical uh, divisions. And so when you keep that in mind, the central is where it's going to be. Now, both the Cleveland Guardians and the Minnesota Twins lost games today where they were three outs away from winning. And they had Class A pitching for Cleveland. Say that three times fast. And they the best closer in baseball wet the bed against the Kansas City Royals. By the way, Kansas City has a pretty decent bullpen. They, they pitched pretty well for a team that stinks. But you know, with that, you know, Cleveland's still in first place. The Twins, of course, were th- uh, two outs away from or three. I forget was they had the lead in the eleventh or twelfth inning against the Yankees. They wiggled out a bunch of things. They lost that game, and uh, and there we go. And then the White Sox, who are now one game above five hundred. Here we are, one game above five hundred on the seventh, and. Oddly, they look like the best team. I mean, the the thing is, is that it's it's not really going to be a uh, uh, how do I say? It? It's not really going to be a test of who's a very good team. It's just going to be a test of who's standing at the end. Uh, let's check out what my buddy Daniel said. Uh, he says, "I think the Sox will win the Central." Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I, at this point. But at this point, like, each team has, like, what, 20-something games? So that's – it's essentially a coin toss. If you have one good – if one of those teams have a good week, they could, you know, make a run at it. And the thing that I find interesting, if the Twins win the division, and they could, they're only two games back, uh, I think they will get clobbered. I think they will lose. And, of course, the division – uh, the division winner is going to have home field advantage in the wild card round. So they would play Tampa, Seattle, 
or Toronto in that first round, assuming the Yankees don't blow, which I don't think they will. And so if it's Minnesota against one of those teams, boom, it's over. Bye, bye, bye. Cleveland, very interesting with their pitching staff that they can they could hold one of those teams' bats, and next thing you know, they're going to the division series. The White Sox, the way they're playing with their bats, and we've, we've talked the last couple of uh, days about them, uh, I think they'd be absolutely terrifying. But, yeah, while I agree with you, Daniel, that the I think the Sox are going to win that division, it, it is we've got to the point where it's, at this point it's just chance. It's just chance. And the fact that these three teams are flawed, I think makes the races even more interesting. That you're not going to have a team uh, dominate. You're not going to have a team that is going to be a, you know, a textbook type of champion. You know, the White Sox are going to be playing the A's starting tomorrow. And I think that's a weekend series that they're playing there. Uh, I have to double check this. Yeah, they're going to be playing weekend series there. Uh, You know, that should be an interesting series for the White Sox. But as we've seen, some teams just can't beat the bad clubs. And who are the Guardians playing? They're playing the Twins. So those two teams will be pounding each other. It is imperative, if you're a White Sox fan, to see their team sweep the A's. Because if they can sweep the A's and the Guardians and Twins kind of jostle with each other, then we could have a three-way tie with three mediocre teams with three weeks to go. And let me tell you something, that makes me super, super excited. But sometimes you need help getting excited. Sometimes you need a little boost, which means, guess what, folks? You may need some blue chew. You know, guys, we all know about that confidence. We all like to think we're God's gift. But you know what? Confidence can only take you so far, especially in the boudoir. And when it's time to step up to the plate, that's where blue chew comes in. It's a unique online service that Blue Chew has that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day, night, on the drive home, while watching a game, so you can plan ahead and be ready when the opportunity arises. Process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of our licensed medical providers. Once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. I needed that blue chew yesterday. The best part, it's done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no awkward ad reads, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue chew tablets are made in the USA. So salute that while you salute that and prepare a direct shipment to your door in a discreet package. It doesn't say blue chew with a big arrow on it on the side. No, it just is it's brown. And 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 doesn't say that. Okay, so look at if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Okay, we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay five dollars in shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code Locked On. And guess what? I'll tell you what. Once I get the, my copy back up, 
<laughs> you receive the first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast and making my night. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Well, uh, you know, I was going to answer a lot of viewer questions, but uh, my buddy Daniel has become my new best friend here. So let's see what else he had to say here. Uh, I think Cleveland will sweep the Twins. Well, that would make, uh, you know, the Twins sweeping Cleveland would make it super interesting. The Twins really suck, maybe, yeah. The Sox will sweep the A's, so between the Guardians and the Sox. Um, uh, you may very well may be right. Uh, here's why I find, this is another reason why I find this interesting, uh, Daniel and my my other listeners. Uh, I, I don't have a dog in the race. I don't. I like Cleveland. I love Francona. I love Jose Ramirez. I love Shane Bieber. And there'd be something kind of brilliantly poetic about the first year that they're the Guardians that they win the World Series with that name. Uh, I like Minnesota. A lot of players in Minnesota I really like. Uh, I, I would love to have Minnesota finally have the happy ending that they went from a potential contraction team to winning a World Series in their beautiful new outdoor ballpark. I also like the idea of them winning the World Series in November in Minnesota where the the Fox crew will be snowed upon. And I have a huge spot in my heart for the White Sox. A lot of their players are some of my favorite players in baseball, and I just uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them win. So because I, I like all the teams, whichever one of those three teams win, I'll be happy for. And I think they're all flawed. And they're all likable. They all have players I like, so I will be happy. So I hope that they're all mediocre enough. What I would love to see is uh, the Twins sweeping Cleveland and the A's sweeping, or the the, the White Sox sweeping Oakland. Uh, and that meaning that there's like one game separates three teams as we're going into uh, late September. Hey, uh, let's take a look at what some of my uh, listeners have written to me in various forms of media, whether it's YouTube, uh, where some of you are watching me right now, uh, whether it's uh, on Twitter, at Sully Baseball, uh, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Um, Let me just see. Um, Our our buddy Jeff Cohen writes, uh, so today I had a hard time finding the Mets game, not on SNY, FS1, Fox, MLB Network, TBS, ESPN. Uh, turns out it's being broadcast on local TV. Why make it so difficult to find? It, Jeff, preaching to the choir. Absolutely preaching to the choir. Baseball should f- find one place to stick their stuff. The whole notion of this one's on Apple, this one's on Peacock, this one's on Amazon. No, 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 no. Don't make it hard to find. You already have one of the best sports apps in the world, which is the MLB app. Have it be a subscription thing. Have it be a, a, a way for baseball fans to always know where it is. If you want to pop it on some of these other places, fine, but don't make it so the people who pay the subscription for the MLB app to not know where the hell it is. You don't want to alienate those fans. Throw it on Peacock, throw it on YouTube, throw it on uh, you know Amazon or whatever to maybe draw in some new viewers, but also keep it on for those of us who have the subscription so we always know it's there. You don't want us crawling around in the dark. For goodness sakes, you want to have us placate. We pay the subscription fee. And I think there should be tiers. You should have a tier 
where if you pay a certain amount, you get the local games, the local teams on your device. And, you know, if you want to charge more, I understand it. If you want to have the local ads on it, fine. So no one gets, no one loses out. I think there are so many eyeballs out there that you are losing by making it a freaking game of uh, a three-card Monty trying to find the damn game. I can't tell you how many times my mom, who is a rabid Giants fan living up in the Bay Area. Hi, Mom. I know you're listening. So I don't know where the heck the game was tonight. I have to be honest. Sometimes I don't either. It's not a good thing. So, Jeff, I, I agree with you. I don't know why they make it so hard to do. You know, find a place, stick with it, and let's let's go. Um, what? A, where's another one? Oh, um, hey, let's go to my good friend Marcel, also known as Cubs fan with an eight. Says Phillies in powder blue uniforms at home. Any comments? Yeah, I got some comments. It stinks. I love the Philly uniforms from the 70s and 80s. I think those are the most beautiful uniforms they've had. I've grown to like the uniforms, the the Ryan Howard, Chase Sutley, uh, um, you know, Roy Halladay specials, or the Curse of Phillies and the Red Hat, but I will always love the maroon hat with the kind of the Curse of P, and the, they have pinstripes at home, powder blue on the road. And the reason you have power blue on the road is that for years and years it was gray on the road. And then when color TV kicked in, a couple of teams said, hey, when we have to do gray, let's do powder blue. And that became an away uniform look. Look, at this isn't just about aesthetics. This is if you know this team's playing that team, you look up and you can immediately tell who the home team is and who the visiting team is. And it's not confusing. Is what drives me bananas about at one point the like the NHL switched so it, for 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 all time from the first time someone stepped on a frozen pond in Moose Jaw to play hockey. White uniforms were home, dark uniforms were for the road, and I they've now switched it so dark uniforms are for home. And there have been a bunch of times I've been like at a restaurant bar or something like that. Sharks game is on, Kings game is on, whatever it is. And I think I'm following the home team, but no, I'm following the visitor team. Same thing in basketball. There are a bunch of games where the Celtics are wearing dark green uniforms at home. That goes against everything holy. So it's not just aesthetics. It's so when you sit down and you watch it, immediately I know which team is which. And the powder blue is an away uniform. Now, the powder blue away uniforms that the Phillies had during the Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton, Pete Rose years was beautiful. The powder blue with the curse of P, but that's a road uniform. And what makes it even worse for me is that the pinstripe, the, the maroon pinstripe one, I think is just as beautiful. So you're denying a home game with those beautiful uniforms to incorrectly wear the dark, the, the powder blue ones. Come on, folks, it's not that difficult. It's not that. I love changing up the uniforms. In fact, a lot of these uh, sort of alternate uniforms I've been wearing this year have been fantastic. I think the Marlins should just use those the 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 red uniform with the blue hats. That, was, that uniform's spectacular, to paraphrase my father. But come on, folks, powder blue. That's a road one. 
All right, I have to uh, address this one. Um, and this one may take a couple of minutes, so bear with me. Um, I did a episode a couple weeks ago here, and it was also, uh, I, I did the episode, I, rec- I posted it here, but I also had it posted on Locked on Yankees because our good friend and friend of the podcast and my friend in, in real life, Stacy Gotsoulias, had COVID. And she needed someone to pinch hit for her. And I, even though I am not a Yankee fan, I did a few Yankee episodes. I said I posted some here, but I gave her the media so she could have a few days to recover from COVID. Remember, I had COVID in early August. And a couple of people, including Jeff Carr uh, and Lindsey Crosby, stepped in and and helped me out. And so, I, you know, I'm repaying back the universe when uh Stacy Gatsoulias who by the way whether or not if you're a Yankee fan or not listen to her podcast uh sometimes she's with her co-host uh, Abby Ostraco but she's usually by herself and is one of the most entertaining podcasters I know check her show out uh and I was able to pinch hit for her now one of the things I talked about was I talked about the uniform retiring ceremony they've retired a bunch of uniforms recently they did Paul O'Neill and I had some thoughts about that I had no problem with Paul O'Neill's number being retired, because I know what he means to the Yankees, I just feel that they were getting, they've gotten a little retired number happy over the years. But with all the numbers that they've retired, I find it strange that the anti A Rod sentiment got to the point where Alex Rodriguez's number is was available to give to Gallo. Still hanging around there. Greatest third baseman. In the history of the Yankees, who won two MVPs with the Yankees, and where they would not have made the postseason if not for his years, and especially in 2005, and basically carried the Yankees to the 2009 World Series title with his wonderful postseason. And I said, you know, tire number 13. Who's the better third baseman? Now, I find some of the anti-A-Rod sentiment amongst Yankee fans to be to be bordering on bizarre. Uh, Ralph Garcia responded, actually responded on the YouTube channel and said, heck no. And Ralph, I appreciate you cleaning up the language. A-Rod was a steroid user, okay, and womanizer, okay. Keep that scumbag out of the Hall of Fame. Um, okay, I was talking about retiring his number. Please get well, Stacy. Yep. I hope Judge it's a home run to get you better the way Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig hit home runs for his sick child, Johnny Sylvester. I thought that, I thought, I want to include that at the end because uh, I, you know, uh, Ralph was wrote that very sweet sentiment to Stacy at the end. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti-Ralph. But I, I did respond to him. This was actually on a YouTube comment. I did respond to him. But I want to bring up, uh, I'll just kind of paraphrase my response of what I responded, how I responded actually is kind of irrelevant. A steroid user and a womanizer. I am not going to deny either one of them. I won't. But I will say this. Number 46 is retired. Andy Pettit. We know Andy Pettit did PEDs. We know Andy Pettit did PEDs when he was in Houston, but come on. He was in 
New York with Roger Clemens when we know he was doing God knows what. Roger Clemens heads to Houston with Andy Pettit. They play in Houston together. And then Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens return back to New York together. They crisscross the country. Um, and all the while, that was the time that Pettit, we know the PDs. And, you know, he claims, well, I did it once and I was crying and praying to God the whole time. Stop it. He, he did PEDs. PEDs don't work once. This isn't Captain America. And, you know, he did them. And I, I don't think that should dis disqualify Andy Pettit from having his number retired any more than, you know, uh, uh, Barry Bonds' number in, with the Giants or David Ortiz's number with the Red Sox. So he did him. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Ralph Garcia didn't have a problem with Andy Pettit, but a rod gets the, gets the brunt. They both did it. And the other one is womanizer. Now look at, I'm not <laughs> endorsing being a womanizer, but Billy Martin. So number one is up there. Um, I've read several biographies on Billy Martin, one of the most fascinating figures in the history of baseball, I think. But, uh, yeah, Oop. <laughs> that is the ghost of Billy Martin just turned off my ring light. Oh, my God. Says, don't you don't you besmirch Billy Martin. The ghosts are coming after me. Um, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, Mickey Mantle. Not exactly uh, the most faithful husband in the world. Babe Ruth. As my dear friend Chris DeLuca said, Babe Ruth wasn't just the Babe Ruth of hitting, not just the Babe Ruth of pitching, but he was also the Babe Ruth of going to whorehouses. Notorious womanizer. Uh, and to the point where his first wife had a nervous breakdown from his gallivanting around New York with, you know, just showing up in brothels left and right to the point where she had a nervous breakdown. They separated. And she, by the way, later died in a fire. And Babe Ruth married his second wife just uh, a couple of years after that. There would be no way Babe Ruth would have survived the media scrutiny uh, if that had existed then. But my point is, uh, if those are your two disqualifying factors for A-Rod, um, you got to take a look at some of those numbers up there. Again, I'm not endorsing PEDs or being a woman. I'm just saying that you, you then examine the other numbers that are up there. A-Rod's one of the greatest players in Yankee history. If you can't deal with that, you can't deal with that. But don't give BS reasons of why you don't want to have it. Just say you don't like the person. All right, let's uh, uh, one more uh, look at what Daniel has to say for us from Mexico. Daniel Martin Benavides Salazar. I like A-Rod too. I don't care if he took steroids. Steroids don't make people good athletes. They help, yes. But imagine you have to play at least 140 games to consider that uh, a full season. Um, yeah, I look at we have to come to grips with the fact that the steroid era existed. It was real. A lot of people were doing it and we almost have to adjust our, uh, you know, adjust our view of statistics like, like handicapping uh, golf. 
you know, it was it was the era. And to deny A-Rod's contribution as a great Yankee, uh, to me, was, uh, uh, anyway, uh, it was just, I think, uh, uh, disingenuous. Just say you don't like the guy. Just say you don't like the guy. Uh, Daniel has one last thing he says, uh, which was, uh, and then we would call it a night. Uh, so my point is steroids help. But it's a small part to be a good athlete. A-Rod was a beast at hitting and a good defense. Yeah, he was a wonderful player. He was a Hall of Famer. Absolutely is. And certainly the greatest third baseman in Yankee history. You could throw Greg Nettles may have been the better defender, but and and ha- was a great Yankee to be sure. I think Greg Nettles was the greatest third baseman in Yankee history before the arrival of Alex Rodriguez. But here he is. So anyway, we'll look at uh, if you have anything you want to send to me, send it. Uh, the best way to get hold of me, is uh, via uh, Twitter, which I am pretty good at responding on Twitter. Let me find my lower third. There it is. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can find this show at Locked On MLB Pods for both uh, Twitter and for Instagram. But hey, thanks so much for making us your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting catchers. Uh, now in terms of a second listen, check out the ultimate pro football preview 2022. It's an eight episode extravaganza to get ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of lockdown podcast network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of lockdown bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, look at, Hey, uh, Thanks for hanging out with us, Daniel from Mexico, who became my de facto co-host today. And for everyone else watching, this has been Locked On MLB for the, well, this one's going to drop on the 8th day of September 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.